You've just launched your business. You're trying to find your first customers. You're trying to work out, how do I get business for my business? Should you do paid adverts? Should you be doing Facebook adverts? Should you be going on Google? Should you be paying to win customers? That is the question for today's episode. And I'm so excited to have today's guest who has personally given Google over a million dollars for paid adverts. So he's got some interesting views on what works and what doesn't. Should you be spending money to win business? The extraordinary belongs to those that create it. Rebelling against business plans and debt, rebelling against what society expects of us to build cool businesses, make money, have fun and do good. Let's create something extraordinary together. Welcome to The Rebel Entrepreneur. Welcome to The Rebel Entrepreneur. This episode is all about the question, is SEO, search engine optimization, dead? Do you need to pay to get customers and do you need to pay to play? And I am no expert in this field. Whilst we spend a lot of money practicing with Facebook ads for pop-up, I'm definitely not an expert which is lucky because I have with me today my friend Ryan Stubblefield, who's been doing this for a long time. Welcome to the show, Ryan. Hey, Alan. Thanks for having me. It's nice to have you on the show. So I I think to start with, what was your first experience of paid advertising? Where did you first come across this? How do you even get started in this stuff? Well, I started back before Google Ads started. So uh, it was called... BG. (laughs) <laughs> yes, before Google. Believe it or not, that was early 2000s when they did not have an ad platform. It was something called Overture, and it was mostly through Yahoo at the time. And as Google does, they stole the entire concept and made Google Ads and crushed everyone, and now they uh, run the world. <laughs> so I'm going on almost... Uh, Almost 20 years, not not quite yet. But yeah, I've been at uh, paid advertising for a long time with all my projects, all my uh, businesses, and now have an agency that manages paid ads for our clients. Where did the idea of running an agency come from? It was being a business owner for all those years with different online businesses. And I was always in, in the seat with the owner's hat on, and I either had to do it myself I had to hire out an agency or I had to have one of my employees do paid advertising. And so I've tried all three and it's very hard as a business owner to figure it out uh, yourself sometimes when you wear so many other hats, right? And it's not always best to have an in-house employee do it because it may not be their main thing. And if it is their main thing, then they only have one perspective of how it works. And so if you go to an agency, that's what they do full-time and they could have dozens of other accounts. And so they see lots of different angles on what works and what doesn't. So an agency is a great route to go. And uh, the reason that uh, myself and my business partner got into it was because we've seen how hard it is to sometimes work with an agency or have the agency have your best interest in mind and not you know, fizzle out over time, uh, we just decided to go off and do it ourselves. And it's been going well. And uh, that's where we are now. We are uh, a few years into doing this out on our own and helping other business owners get into the paid advertising world. Excellent. And I think this is always one of the questions because at the pop-up business school, we talk a lot about you can build a business without money. 
you can get out there and get your first customers. You don't have to go into debt to do it. Have things changed? Is it now a pay-to-play marketplace? Do you have to have paid ads? Or are the good old days of being able to do it for free on social media still around? What are your thoughts on that? Great question. We like to break it down with you can still generate free traffic. Yes, there are lots of social media platforms. You still have organic search results. But in the last three to four years, we have seen almost the monopoly happen where the vast majority of the world's traffic is on just a handful of platforms, whether it be Google, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. I mean, those are four of the five largest traffic sites. And they have slowly, you've probably noticed this in your own Facebook account, and they have slowly made it where even if you have thousands upon thousands of people that like your page, you know, only less than 5% of them generally will even see what you post. And so Facebook is slowly moving to a pay to play model where even the people that like your page can't see what you do unless you pay. And it's the same thing we're seeing on Google. More and more real estate on the Google search results are starting to be ads. And especially on the mobile platform, now mobile is majority of traffic in the world. And on your mobile device, when you do a Google search, you'll notice you have to do one or two thumb swipes just to get past the ads. They now take up the top four slots on most Google results. So yes, I would say the world is changing in the sense that it is becoming pay-to-play, mostly because uh, some of the these top businesses are starting to consume, you know, the vast, vast majority of all internet traffic. So this makes it really interesting for small business owners and people who are launching small businesses that we primarily help micro enterprise. So these are people at home launching their own businesses. Let's just dig into that reach element to the the pay to play bit. I thought I'd do an experiment this morning in preparation for our chat. And I did a post on our pop-up business school Facebook page. We've got seven and a half thousand likes on our Facebook page. And I did a little post with a picture of me in the garden with a cup of coffee saying, what are you working on today? Mm -hmm. And saying what I'm up to. And the reach, I've managed to get 1,100 reach. Okay. So I think that's actually not bad yeah, for a Facebook post. But I was I also cheated slightly because I went in and replied to all the comments and made sure I engaged oh, everyone. Yes. And I did some extra work to see how <laughs> far I could get the juice to go. But what's that? 1,100 out of 7,000 is sort of 20%, isn't it? That's very good. But your average post, and I was looking down our list of posts, it shows you on the Insights tab our average engagement and our average engagement is 500, 600, 700. So we're hitting about 10%. Yeah. And that's of the people that follow us. We're not really reaching anyone outside that group. So these people are already fans. Yeah, yeah. There would not be any prospecting element, you know, to what you're talking about there, which would be reaching new fans. Unless something pops and goes viral, you know, you are just reaching within your community. I've been trying to make something pop and go viral for years now. <laughs> Ryan, I've, I don't know. I don't know if I have viral within me. So going viral, uh, we tell our clients, is not a marketing strategy. <laughs> you can hit every now and then and something will go viral. But if that's your plan, that is very uh, few and far between when that hits. As we all know, it's getting more and more difficult. One has no idea what will actually go viral. I mean, 
I'm probably the most out of touch person with what's going on in the world ever because I don't watch the news because it depresses me. So how do I know what's going to go viral? And yeah, my days of doing silly dancing on camera to get views is gone. Yeah. And we are starting to put SEO in that same category, which it's just hit or miss. And when it does happen, sometimes you don't know why you went viral and sometimes you don't know why you went to the top of the search results. So we are starting to put going viral and completely dedicating all your resources to SEO as a hit and miss type of uh, work these days. And so that's why we've become all in on uh, paid ads, because it is predictable. So search engine optimization is the art of structuring your web page with keywords to try and get it to show up higher in the search engine results, primarily Google, because that's the number one player, but any search engine. Is that correct? Is that how you would describe it? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, you are trying to get ranked as high as you can in Google, and you'll always be below. Even if you rank first, you'll still be below the set of ads. Yes. Mm -hmm. Now, you've actually had a lot of experience on working on SEO for your own projects, haven't you? I have. That's always the intent of your site. You want to make it as Google-friendly as possible, and you want to make it as customer-friendly as possible. And when you do those two things, you give yourself the best chance, but you still are at the whim of the Google algorithm, whether they want to put you up there or not. And yes, I have had businesses of mine where I was in the top three of Google, uh, sometimes in the top spot on Google Organic for years and built my business around that position. And I hired employees around being number one because it was consistent cash flow. And you start adjusting your lifestyle to being number one. And then what happens? Well, one day you wake up and Google has redone the algorithm and now you're on the top of page two. And your whole business disappeared overnight because you relied on that one spot that you had no control over. And I've seen that in my life and I've seen that in plenty of our of our clients' lives as well. Well, I think this is actually a, a broader business point. It's like relying on one customer for all of your business. Exactly. So in the early days of my training business, nearly all of my business came from Microsoft. And if and this actually happened to me, the person that hired me left. And a new girl, new guy came in and then you're left thinking, am I going to get the business again? Uh, And I think relying on any one strategy to build your business is a risky thing. That's exactly right. That is exactly what we're seeing. And that's that's why we, it's not just Google. There's paid spots on Facebook, on Instagram, on YouTube, on Bing, all of these platforms. Uh, Hulu is announcing that they're having a small business self-service ad platform uh, coming out the second half of uh, 2020. And so a lot of these content producers are starting to create their own self-service ad platform. And so I would argue that we are now in the golden age, if you're a small business owner, on getting your message out. Uh, If you think back a few decades, your options were newspaper, magazines, and TV ads. And who can afford that? Well, mainly the large corporations. And so now the playing field is being leveled and every small business can get in on their regional niche and uh, crush it on these paid ads. But aren't paid ads only for big business? Like me as a single entrepreneur at home, Mm -hmm. I, I can't compete with that stuff, can I? The Google bidding system is the most fair 
normalizing way to get your message out that I believe man has ever created. So the bidding system not only works on how much money you have, it works on the quality of the experience. And so you can actually get your ad above a large corporation if you have a better experience after the person clicks on the ad. So to me, that gives every single one of us small business guys a spot at the table if we put in the work to do what we should be doing, which is giving our customers a great experience. So it is very exciting once you realize, hey, anybody can do this, and it doesn't take large pocketbooks to get started. So speaking about pocketbooks and how much cash we have, Mm -hmm. how do you think about that? So let me just frame a story. I was at the pop-up business school in Reading. I had this lady come in. She actually came. She drove an hour and a half to the event. She came straight up to me and said, I need your help. I've been paying for Facebook ads for months and months and months, and nothing's happening. And I looked at her and said, well, how much have you been paying? And she was paying £100 a month, and she'd been doing it for about 12 months. So she'd thrown £1,200, about $1,500, into these adverts and Mm -hmm. not got a single thing back. So we got out the laptop, we looked through it, and she had her Facebook settings. The privacy settings were set very high. So while she was doing an ad and putting it out there, people weren't actually accessing the page and finding her information, and she'd killed her own adverts. Mm-hmm. And there's a real danger when you're a small business owner that I've seen so many people think, I must have paid ads. This is my answer. I'm going to throw money into it. And they throw money into it for a long time mm-hmm. at a lot of money a month. I get scared by this stuff, Ryan, and I, I don't want people to do that. Yes. What, what's the advice? Like, How do the small business owners who... Like if you take a baker or a photographer, they want to be baking or photographering. Uh, they don't want to be mm-hmm. doing the adverts. Like, how do you even think about this stuff? I am very much a DIY do-it-yourself type person, and so if I was starting a bakery today, I would my natural bent would be to go in and figure it out myself. And so, what I don't like about the industry is. A lot of the default settings when you create an ad, and whether it be Facebook or Google, is obviously in their favor. Mm. And so, you know, they're there to take your money, right? And so they do want to give you customers in return. But if you just open the spigot without any, you know, filters and boundaries, they will spend your money very quickly. And unless you stay on it and hold them accountable with different, you know, conversion tools, then yes, you can spend money very quickly. And I don't like to say you can't do it yourself because anybody that invests some time in learning these ad platforms can generally figure it out. But there can also be great benefit to bringing on someone that has done it before and just make sure you you get your settings right. So even if you don't want to charge or hire an agency like ours, you can go to a friend or you can, you know, go out to like an upwork.com or a Fiverr like that and just have someone set you up a basic campaign and then get out of it. And you can just give them your parameters and it can be set up and then you can try to run it from there. But yes, there can be some danger in setting it up from scratch if you've never logged into these platforms because they just have settings behind certain areas that's designed to accelerate and take your money. So you do have to be careful. So 
let's imagine I am a small business owner and I'm just, well, let's, let's do the actual example because we connected a couple of weeks ago and I said, I want to help the podcast that we're actually on right now to reach a wider audience. And I asked you for some help, Brian. If you were to coach me right now, I've got a podcast. I want to reach more people. What would I need to think about? What would be the steps? I would say that you want to get really clear on who your target customer is. These platforms, the reason they're so great and the reason they're so much better than decades ago when you had TV and newspaper is you can actually say, I want to target this gender, this age group, this income level, and people who have visited these types of websites. And so in years past, you had to just take a wide approach and hope you hit your target audience if you ran it in a magazine or newspaper or you know television. But now you can take a smaller budget, really hone in, even on a geographical area, and say, I want to target these specific people. And so you can get yourself to a point where every dollar does go towards your target audience. And so that would be the first step is be real clear on who you're trying to reach. Because then once you set that up, you can make sure that the money you do spend goes towards the proper group of people. And then the second thing is have a conversion tracking set up on your site because anybody can drive traffic and get real excited if they you know, pay $100 and they have 1,000 visitors. That sounds really great. But if you don't have tracking set up, then you don't know if 30 of those people actually converted or three of them. And that's a big difference. And that makes all the difference in the world. So those would be the first two steps. And uh, there's lots of free products. Uh, Facebook has a free pixel that you can install on your website. Google, of course, has Google Analytics. That's free. And so all these things uh, with a few, if you, if you are a DIY person, a few Google searches and people can walk you through how to install tracking on your website. I love that, Ryan. So let's let's go to step one, because I actually think this is the hardest question. and One of the ones that I struggled with so hard at the start of my business. And we actually spend half a day at Pop-Up Business School talking about this. And even though we spend that time, people still say, well, what's the average answer to who is your customer? People go, everyone. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm selling to everyone. And well, that's the quickest way to hit nothing at all is to aim everything. Mm -hmm. And that's a tough question to ask. Who's your audience? If you were coaching a new business, a photography business, a cake business, a restaurant, like how do you help them decide who's the business? Because you can't sell to everyone, can you? No. And you can ask leading questions like, well, the people that have shown interest in your product, when they're on Facebook, what pages are they liking? When they're on the internet, what sites are they visiting? And then you can run and target your ads on those either pages that they're visiting, or you can run and target your ads just for people that like those type of pages. And so there's lots of ways to slice and dice. And you're, and you're not going to get it right the first time. That's the main thing is this is really an environment where you just simply do a lot of testing. You start with some assumptions and you run your test and then you you know make adjustments along the way. You test it on other audiences. You test it on different groups, different age brackets. And what you'll discover is you'll go in with one assumption and then a few months later you realize, oh, this converts way better at this age bracket or this region of the country or this type of person. 
that I was not even aware of. So how can I, you talked about slicing and dicing, which I love. So what are the ways with these powerful tools that I can define who my customer is? And if you could give us some practical examples, because you said about websites or Facebook pages, if you could give us some practical examples of how we might think about that, that would be really useful. Yeah. So both Google and Facebook are starting to create pre-built audiences. And so Google now has something called in-market audiences. And so they are creating predetermined audiences that are finding people that are in the market Uh, Say that they're planning a wedding. Google has figured out people who are planning weddings. And now there's an in-market group that says, we believe these people are planning weddings. And then you can go in and, yeah, you can go in there and say, I want to advertise to that group, but I want to keep it to this particular region. And they are getting more and more detailed about predicting what people are actually searching for and where they are in the research process of different stages. So if they're about to buy a car, if they're, you know, there's, there's, there's all these large life event groups that Google, uh, Google has these pre-built audiences. And so you can take those audiences of people that are, say they're, they're doing a lot of personal finance research, trying to get out of debt. So you can target those people and then you can drill down and say, okay, I want to go with this age group, this income range in this region. And you can really, really get your targeting detailed in that way. And then as you get traffic, you're only going to learn what works and you're going to be able to modify it pretty quickly. Wow. So if I was a a wedding singer, I had a band that played weddings, run me through what I would do, because that sounds incredible, because we actually have lots of people who do wedding cakes, wedding singers, officiants who run the wedding ceremonies. Like, What would I do if I was selling to that group you've said about? Obviously, you're speaking of someone that's probably in a certain region, maybe a large city, maybe, you know, certain uh, miles or kilometer around that city. So I would say that you could go in and, you know, if Google has a predetermined audience that there's people that are about to have a wedding, you would certainly want to target them and then just narrow it down to your region, right? If you're in Facebook, what you can do, if you're a wedding singer and you're in Facebook, you could go and say, hey, people in my region, if they like the local bakery page or the local wedding chapel page or the local whatever page that gets a lot of traffic, then you can say, hey, Facebook, I want to target people that have visited this page in my region Mm. because I believe they would like my service. And so you can really laser focus who you want to target. And anything you come up with, if you're a musician and you think that people that like this band would like your band, then you can go target the people that have liked that band's page. And if they are single, you could target, hey, their status is single and they like this band and they visited the local bakery. I mean, now we're getting pretty detailed, right? And so you can target those folks specifically. Doesn't Facebook have a life event that is, I've just got engaged? Oh, yeah. 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 So could we target engaged people? You can target engaged people. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So now we're starting to get defined. Now we're starting to work out who we're selling to. I guess the next question is, what are we going to put in front of them? That is where testing comes along. You start with some simple uh, images and some headlines. You can work your way up to video. It just depends what you're comfortable with. You know, I've seen 
videos outperform images, and I've seen basic graphical images outperform videos. So it's just a matter of testing different angles, testing different headlines, and trying to connect uh, with that audience. But the beautiful part of this is, again, to go back to the magazine and newspaper illustration, you don't have to take your best shot and then spend a lot of money and hope it works. You can test one image for you know three days alongside another image for three days, and you can pick the winner, and then you can create another image and then pick the winner. And so every few days, you can get better and better and better, and it doesn't cost you that much money to keep testing. I love that. So we can go very small scale testing and do mini experiments to work out what works for our audience or not. So we could create an advert. We could create an image with a title. We could put 20 bucks behind it for a certain audience, and then we could just see if it works. Yeah. And I've seen, uh, we've had clients that have spent $5,000 producing a video and we've seen a video where they picked up their iPhone and shot themselves walking through their store or warehouse that outperformed their $5,000 produced video. <laughs> so you honestly never know what's going to work until you throw it out to the real world and get feedback. And again, this is instant feedback. It is the coolest thing ever that you can throw 20 bucks at something, get instant feedback. And if it doesn't work, you move on. And if it does work, you throw 40 bucks at it the next day. And that's the beauty of this is the instant feedback loop. And unlike crossing your fingers and going viral, unlike hoping that the Google algorithm will give you the favor that you need to be in the top three, you can spend 20 to 40 bucks and you can, in a calculated way, predict who is going to come to your website and convert every single day. Because what you'll start to notice is that it gets very predictable that 10% of the people that see your ad will click over and 10% of the people that land on the website will convert to whatever you're trying to convert. And so then you're creating this very predictable economy in your little world. And you start saying, hey, it would be great if I changed the image and it performed at 11%. And then, hey, what if I change my landing page and I make the call button or the contact button different or I, or I change the words on it and then my landing page conversion rate goes to 11%. And then you start accumulating these little adjustments and then every day you are writing a check to these ad platforms and every day you're getting more in return. And who would not give someone a million dollars if you could predictably get a million and a half back? And that's the world of paid advertising is it's predictable. Warning, do not start with a million dollars. <laughs> do not. <laughs> do not start with 10 bucks and let's work our way up to that. Um, I love the idea of testing and experimenting. And what you've just said is about how do you know if an advert is working? So I want to be really clear for the people listening and for every business owner out there, and actually probably myself as well. How do we actually know I put a dollar in, I get a dollar and a half back. How do you work that out? Because there's some real maths and numbers here. Yeah, so it, it would be that step two we talked about earlier, where you know step one was to find your your audience. Step two is make sure that you are tracking the visits when they come to your website. So the beautiful aspect of all this is these ad platforms will tell you exactly how many people saw your ad, and they'll tell you how many people clicked on your ad. 
And then you can go to Google Analytics, which is free, and then you can verify, yes, you know, 100 people came from Facebook and they landed on my page. And then you can look at analytics. And if you have some basic tracking set up, you can see, okay, 10 of them clicked on my contact form. That is a 10% conversion rate. That's great. Out of those 10 that contact me, I turn one of those into a paying customer. And so now from beginning to end, you can say, I spent $100 and I actually got one customer. So my cost per acquisition of a new customer is 100 bucks. And then you can look at the economics of your particular business. And is that profitable? Is that not profitable? And then within uh, a few weeks, you can start seeing, hey, we can afford to actually spend 120 bucks for a new customer. It's only costing us 100 We feel confident now that we can start increasing our ad spend. And that's how you get into situations where you go from spending zero and you slowly increase it over time. And the next thing you know, you're years in and you don't even realize that you're sending Google $100,000 a month because you're converting at a profitable level. And so you just keep going until you start seeing diminishing returns. And it seems scary when you're starting at zero, but again, there is a feedback loop every 24 hours. Sometimes it's even real time, but at least every 24 hours, you know exactly what you're getting for your money. And so it's hard unless you just completely ignore it to mess up at a very large level. Which I think here, there's two key, key points. One is you need to understand the numbers and stay on top of them. This is not a set it and forget it strategy. This is a work on it, work on it, improve it and develop it, test and practice. And the second one is you really need to know the profitability of your own business. And I think this is actually one of my fears, Ryan. So many small business owners that we meet don't know how much money they actually make per sale. Mm -hmm. So if you're selling, let's go back to the wedding singer example, the wedding band. If you charge, I know I'm making it up a thousand bucks for the wedding. How much does it cost to drive the people there? How much are you paying per musician? And how much profit do you actually make from that night's work? Because there can be unexpected costs from that kind of things. And if you don't know how much you make, none of this maths work, does it? Because you you don't know. You could be spending 100 bucks on a customer, but you might only be making 50 per customer. You could slowly be going into the hole if you don't know this stuff. That's exactly right. And that is not a paid ads issue. That is a business person that needs to get, (laughs) just needs to (laughs) tighten up their operations because whether they do paid ads or not, that business person likely will have a short lifespan. (laughs) Not the business person, the business. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. I'm sorry. The business will have a short lifespan. So at some point, you know, we are not public companies that can operate at a loss and still somehow survive. We are small business owners that generally have to be profitable to survive. So yes, you need to know the numbers. And sometimes uh, this will force you to get your numbers in order because it's forcing your hand because you're actually spending money. So I have seen the act of spending money makes you rise up and tighten up your business. Which I love that because that's actually one of the critical steps and actually one of the misconceptions of pop-up business school, 
we go around shouting, you don't need to go into debt to start a business and you don't need to write a business plan to start a business. But sometimes I think the people who come to our courses misconstrue that. I don't need to write a business plan. Therefore, I don't really need to write stuff down at all. But mm-hmm. you do need to know your numbers. Like knowing the numbers is critical. If you don't know how much money you make each time you sell something, you're in real trouble. Yeah. Right. So th- this has been fun. One of the things on your list for me to ask you about was the save the baby strategy. I'm dying to know what that is, especially as you recently had a baby. Well, it's a couple of years ago now, I guess. Yeah. Um, but what is the save the baby strategy? So save the baby strategy is... I have personally experienced it, and I've seen many humans experience it, where as a human, you go from not being able – this is a great segue, by the way, of people not wanting to get their numbers straight. Um, I have seen humans go from, I can't even take care of a plant in my apartment, (laughs) to nine months later, you somehow magically can take care of a baby and keep the baby alive. And so – If you move that into your business, what we like to challenge clients with is take a number of spend per month that terrifies you. So say you're spending $100 right now on Facebook ads. And what number would terrify you? Say it would be spending $2,000 a month would, you know, just completely scare me. Okay. Well, that's what it's like when you find out there's a baby on the way. So you have... (laughs) You have nine months to rearrange your life to make an environment where this baby can survive. And so what we challenge clients is give yourself a nine-month deadline, something that terrifies you and says, I'm going to take my spend from $100 a month now to $2,000 a month in nine months. Okay, once you make that commitment to yourself and your team, it scares you. You start getting your business in order. So you are naturally going to say, boy, if I'm going to spend that much money, I need to know how much money I'm really making per sale. I need to know that my website is working. I need to know how my sales funnel works. I need to know how much I can convert on my site. I need to know the conversion level. I need to know that when we don't answer a phone call or an email, it costs us this amount of money. I need to make sure people are answering the phone. I need to make sure our ads are not running when our phones are not being answered. I need to check every single thing because we are now on a path that is scary. And every month, this baby is going to grow and we've got to be ready in nine months. And humans can do miraculous things to totally rearrange their life to care for another life. And so in a business, it's no different. A business can do miraculous things in a nine-month period to say, this expense line is going to be here in nine months. We've got to build around it and make sure that when it's here, it's profitable. And so that is the save the baby challenge of just get that inner fight in these humans you know, take it and apply it to their business. Because once humans commit, man, we always find a way to make it work, don't we? We always find a way. I was a little bit worried. Uh, My business partner, Simon, has a strategy of leaving things to the last minutes. And if you told him he had nine months, he'd probably wait eight and a half to start. Simon, I love you, but you know, it's true. Um, (laughs) So, yeah. And I guess if you're, if you're increasing your ad spend every month, you 
are putting the pressure on yourself to make sure that it is well spent and you're converting it. So that is the natural force that you can put in play if you're willing to take that challenge. And we see lots of clients do it. They say, gosh, there's no way I could spend that amount of money in nine months from now and be profitable. And what do we find? Nine months go by and they're spending a ridiculous amount of money and it's even more profitable than they realized because the traffic is there. You just have to be willing sometimes to get in there and push yourself. I love that. And I think even if you aren't going to spend the money on the adverts, that's a great challenge anyway, is the save the baby challenge. You've got nine months. The baby is on its way. What are you going to do to get ready? I think that's a genius challenge. Uh, I think what really adds another dimension to it is the I'm going to spend the thousand bucks a month or 2000 or whatever it is. That's the real monetary pressure to get it done. There has to be a real risk, doesn't there? Yeah, they you know, they say humans only uh, move if there's pain or they're going broke. And so when you start <laughs> writing checks, you start moving. <laughs> Maybe we should get everyone to commit to sending me a check if they don't make their business work. Maybe that's the idea. There um, you go. And, and anytime you work on your conversion process, remember that paid traffic is only one source of your traffic. So if you're improving your conversion process because you're writing bigger checks, then you also have improved the conversion process on all your free traffic sources. So all of those have received a lift as well. So there's an exponential rise that you see across your entire sales funnel. I love that. Yes. And that is really important to be clear. Paid advertising is one way to get traffic And there are actually a myriad of different ways that you can use to get people to visit your website. Yes. Ryan, this has been fantastic. So let's just boil this down for everyone listening. What are the three things they should do now to do a mini experiment with 20 bucks? They've got 20 bucks to do an experiment to sell their product. What's the three steps they need to take right now to do the mini experiment? I would say define your audience. Mm Mm-hmm. I would say make sure that your tracking is working, so Google Analytics. And I would say pick a platform. Uh, when you're talking about 20 bucks, you don't want to spread that out across YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Google Search. You don't want to do $5 at each platform. So I would say pick a platform where you see the most natural interaction with your business, throw some money at it, and do a test. And at the same time, I would start mentally preparing yourself as a small business owner that it's worth the premium to get to the high traffic storefront, right? In the internet world, that storefront is on Main Street and that street is called Google or Facebook. And you can save money and be on you know two blocks off Main Street, but you may as well get into the position of, hey, I'm going to pay the premium to play. And you will quickly find out that you can pay and you can get a return on your money within 24 hours once you get it dialed in. And then it's a matter of just spending more and more and more and seeing that return. And when it works, it's a lot of fun and more small business people should be should be doing this. I love that. Ryan, if people wanted to find out more about you and what you're doing, where do they go? Yes, uh, our website is waymakertech.com. We are Waymaker Technologies, so waymakertech.com. Excellent. Ryan, you've been a legend. 
And if you actually go out and run a $20 mini experiment for your business, we would love to know what the results are. So message us through social media, through different places, through the contact form on the website. Message us and tell us, how did it go? What happened with the experiment? What did you learn? And if you lost the 20 bucks, the most important question is, what did you learn? Because every mini experiment is a learning opportunity. Ryan, thank you to everyone else out there. Go get them, build your business, make money, have fun and make the world a little better. You can have any life you want to. Choose to build something cool. Choose to take action. Choose to work to make your dreams become reality. Stand out. Be different. Be yourself. Be a rebel entrepreneur.